Good evening. You are listening to a Rattleigen Broadcasting premier podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified. Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, our favorite show is WWE Saudi Blood Money. I mean, Saudi. Polly one of. Nope. Let's take two. WWE <laughs> Crown Jewel 2021. <laughs> brought to you by the good people from the Saudi tourism industry and the WWE. <laughs> this, <laughs> this event took place on October 21st, 2021 in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, your home away from home, your destination vacation situation. And it uh, was at the Mohammed Abdu Arena on the boulevard, uh, which they think they put up that morning and then tore down again. That's how that works. <laughs> that chortling, that chuckling you hear... The, the man who makes me feel good for my nonsense. That's Mr. Chris Bailey. Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, how do you do? How do you do? How do you do? Let me tell you something, Mark Redlich. There's mass hysteria here. Dogs sleeping with cats. Earthquakes, volcanoes. Something is about to happen here because I'm about to speak in glowing terms about a WWE pay-per-view. What do you think of that? And plus, I've got the job to, after you completely destroyed our Saudi audience, I'm here to say we love you guys and we want you to listen. So I'm trying to give you guys a good review. So how about that? We are currently streaming live on Twitch and on our W2M YouTube page. So if uh, if you're listening, uh, you're catching this and you want to make a comment, uh, I will I will address it. I will absolutely if you know if you're like hey that's not how you pronounce that or oh that's not nice I will I will address it I, I you might get an on air apology from me send him the the phonetical pronunciation yep of, sure. of certain things and we will sure. we will do our best you should have heard me on the last duel last night I eventually I just gave up and I'm like and Ben Affleck's character ah <laughs> um, <laughs> well done so yeah this is going to be one of our most boring reviews ever least watch reviews and I'll tell you why. I have nothing really bad to say about this. This is a lot of, it's kind of it was either good or it was fine. Nothing was particularly bad. There were no great, you know, egregious mistakes that I thought they made. There was nothing in the booking that I was like, but why would you do that? Everything kind of went as I thought it would go. And so we'll be done in about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a positive. We are so positive here, here we in Canada are. this morning. In, in, yes, in Canada. All right. Uh, did you watch the pre-show match, the Usho, the Usos versus the Heart Business? The, Jesus Christ, listen to me. The Heart Business. Yes, the we, Heart Business. Brett, you Brett really Hart think you're Jim- in Canada right now? <laughs> <laughs> they returned. Bret Hart and Jim Neanville Neidhart, despite being dead, it, returned to fight the Usos it, in the first match. It's not my fault Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin came in white face as the Heart Foundation. Oh, oh, I, may have halluc- I may have hallucinated, hallucinated that. <laughs> I did, did you... catch the ending to this one. I did not see the entire match. I did catch the ending because okay. I simply forgot to uh, to record this. But luckily, my PVR is set for five minutes prior to the show, so it caught this one. So it caught the ending with the um, with the Usos winning, going over in this one, making a big comeback and hit the Uso splash on Alexander for the win. That's all I saw. So I, I can right. I can say that the match happened and that the Usos were victorious. There you go. When did the Hurt Business get back together? 
it was came out of nowhere. It happened on Monday Night Raw. Uh, they were having the big Goldberg um, Lashley fiasco. And all of a sudden, Benjamin and Alexander show up with the Hurt Business shirts on for no reason, no declaration, no anything. The only thing that I could say is that MVP is on the shelf and they showed up to help out their buddy but ended up getting decimated by Goldberg. So I don't know if they're just pylons to, uh, you know, to block traffic, but uh, there were, there were pawns for Goldberg that night and back with the hurt business. I like how the prevailing wisdom of the WWE is. We know you didn't like a decision we made months ago, but what if we correct it now out of the blue with no buildup? But they didn't even, they didn't even like bring it all back together that, yeah, the hurt business is back together. And, you know, Lashley brought his boys in. Nope. It was like literally, Fell on deaf ears. They came back. There was no reconciliation. There was no explanation. That's apparently the Hurt Business is back together without MVP, you know, bringing it back together and causing this to happen. So I don't really understand the thinking behind it. But anyway, in our first pay-per-view proper match, we had Edge, old man Edge from the comic books, uh, defeated Seth Rollins, also from the comic books. Do you have uh, do you have uh, Bic Razors? Do I have Bic Razors? Bic Razors in Florida. Is is Bic just a Canadian thing? No, or no, just... no. We have, have Bics, yes. Okay. Can you send one to Canada? Like up in <laughs> uh, up in Edge's home. I cannot stand Edge's beard. This guy does not need to look this old. He doesn't. Do you remember in the 80s when the only men that had beards in wrestling were hillbillies? Yes. And he looks like Hillbilly Edge. <laughs> Don't Stick a horseshoe messing. around him. Give, give him suspenders. He's tall enough to be Hillbilly Jim. Don't go messing with a country edge. A country edge. A country edge. <laughs> with a country edge. He'll spill you out of your pants. All he needs to have, you know, that wedding and have some, you know, have MJF <laughs> come come up and beat up some hillbillies. That would be fun. That would be. Well, this match <laughs> went uh, a half an hour. This is the hell on the cell. Yes. And uh, and. We have, over the years that we've been doing this, and we've only been doing it a couple, but we've definitely reviewed a, a bunch of Hell in the Cell matches, and we always say at these things, they don't really make good use of the cell anymore. It's not a very novel thing. It's just kind of there. It's 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 the new big blue cage, you know what I mean? So yes. I'm not going to spend 20 minutes like bemoaning how this was not a special Hell in the Cell. This was a fine match. It was. Um, with all the million Hell in the Cells that they do, and all the millions of hours of professional wrestling per week, this one was, depending on you know how much you like these guys and how invested you are in this feud and how much you like false finishes and 30-minute matches, this was fine to good. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. I would I would definitely give this a passing grade. Started out the show with a bang. You're like, holy crap, they're going hell in the cell out of the gate. Awesome. Both guys were on their game. They they went back to a couple good spots. I mean, they didn't overuse the cage, but you know, there was this, you know, when it, it they made it, you know, work basically. So, you know, they Edge was shoved Rollins off to the side of the cage. He crashed off the cage almost like a bouncing ball, went down through a table. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. most of the action was in the middle of the ring, and it was back and forth. There was tons of kickouts. They used Edge's favorite move that he does lately, which is, you know, stick something in somebody's mouth and pry back with a crossface. <laughs> he yeah. loves that. I think he does that at home. Yeah, I have to say, if I if I was kind of just passively watching during the first, like, 25 minutes of this, that last two-minute stretch, where he's, you know, where he's uh, shoving the thing into uh, Seth Rollins' mouth and pulling back yeah. and everything. That actually kind of does look brutal. It really looks like it hurts. It does. Like- Not one of the other things that I will say that's common to those matches is that you got a lot of like 
uh, spears and super kicks. So if you like a spear and a super kick style match, complete with mm-hmm. with a projectile in the mouth, not a projectile, but an <laughs> item dragged across your mouth, then this is your match, Mark Redlich. Indeed. Uh, last question, and then we'll move on. What do you think of Edge going over here? And and, and I want to preface that by saying they've already had him in WrestleMania. They've already had him feud with Roman Reigns. I don't know how much more they're going to get out of Edge. It's curious to me why they would put him over Seth Rollins. What do you think? Even more curious is the fact that both men have been drafted to Raw. So literally, is this the end of this feud? Hopefully, because I didn't really enjoy it. So, you know, the whole thrust behind this entire feud is that Rollins is, you know, going a step too far and stocking edge, showing up at his home, desecrating his family's pictures, like, you know, really getting inside Edge's head. And finally, he had redemption. So, you know, they they had the cage match and he Mm -hmm. took it out violent style and put him away. You know what I mean? So... Do you, how do you continue on on the same brand? To me, this would be the type of feud you would have if somebody was destined to SmackDown and somebody else was going to Raw. Unusual yeah, finish. I mean, yeah. unless they're going to take unless they're going to take Edge off television for a while and like he'll just come back. Like he can't possibly go be going every week now on Raw, can he? It, no, I don't think so. I think he's more of a special attraction. But listen, if that means him going home to get a shave, I'm all in for it. Take three months off. Good lord. Yeah, yeah clean that shit up. Come back at the Royal Rumble. Uh, all right. <laughs> In your local flavor match, we Ooh. have Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali. Mansoor finally defeated Mustafa Ali in 10 minutes flat. And I tell you, this might have been my favorite match of the entire night. Like, Man, listen, I know I know that like over the years that we've we've picked and prodded at poor Mansoor and, you know, that he only shows up and gets these high profile wins on Crown mm-hmm. Jewel. He showed up again. He had a great match with Mustafa Ali here. I mean, yeah. these guys had very quick sequences. You had moonsaults. You had drop kicks. You had, you know, all kinds of flippy dudes, 450 splashes, you name it. And then Mansoor came out the victor. And you know what? I was glad. But yeah. one, thing, one thing that baffled me was the ending. So when you have a masked man come to the ring at the very end after the show was over, what's generally the, uh, you know, the whole idea behind having someone under a mask that, you know, Maybe one person in the audience at home would recognize them. Mm-hmm. That's usually the. Tr- Did you know who this guy was when no, he took the mask off? Okay. I was thinking about that. Let me let me go back and talk about the match, and then we can okay. get into the the surprise there. One of the reasons why I really liked this match was because it was so high energy. It seemed pretty crisp. It didn't you know like there's flippity doos, but then there's flippity doos that end in people landing on their heads. There was none of that. Um, Man, Mansoor. Here's what I'm going to say about Mansoor. Mm-hmm. He is clean in that ring man these moves that he do are crisp he's gotten a lot better uh, from a few years ago where they were you know where they were just like pulling him from obscurity giving him a big win and then tucking him back into obscurity again like here he actually looked very polished and mustafa ali uh he was the leader of retribution wasn't he yes unfortunately Yeah, they had a tag team going. So they spent, you know, about a month or month or two putting Mm -hmm. these guys together as a tag team. And you know what? They gelled really well. Both guys are high flyers. They had good tandem tag team moves and they inexplicably broke them up just so they could have this crown jewel match. So they, you know, at least they tried to layer in some storyline, but it was too bad because I thought that team had something. Yeah, I what worked for me was this was this for this was the psychology because Mustafa Ali dominated most of the match and Mansoor would get a hope spot here or there. But for the most part, Mustafa Ali was beating him down. And then he rallied at the end and came through with the victory. And then Mustafa Ali immediately got his heat back by throwing him into a post-match beatdown. I'm like, okay, this is this is wrestling. This all works for me. And then 
So let's talk about the masked man. And here's the thing with the masked man. <laughs> like, if you, first of all, I I'm with like I, mean, I know I've complained about this before, but I'm with Brian Last, where people who are you know unannounced running down to the ring to help out a friend or whatever, or making a surprise appearance, should not have entrance music. Right. Like I wish he had just jumped over the rail. You know, if correct. Gonna, if they're going to do that. And why do you have to wear a mask? Like, well, you know, first of all, 98% of the world who didn't watch the Olympics doesn't know who the hell you are. I certainly didn't. The crowd so this, this guy took, oh yeah, the crowd exactly knew who this guy was. The mm. funny thing about this interruption was this guy took forever to get to the ring. He was yeah, like he, doing Papa Shango style. Yeah, he was strolling. He was like, hey, you know, like, and like, no, and he is wearing a mask. So no one knows who the hell he is. And Even I the kept, announcers made the point that. Boy, this guy's really, you know, he's in no rush to get to that ring. No right. shit. Right. And then, like, if you're Mustafa Ali and you're just, like, you're so angry that you had to after the bell. See, this is the thing. And it's going to sound like a, like a weird <laughs> criticism. But you're not supposed to attack your opponent after. Like, if you hit a guy after, you know, when they blow the whistle in football, it's a penalty. It's a penalty. You, know, you hit a guy, you know, after the play is dead in hockey, you know, you, you're in the penalty box. You, you hit a guy when the bell rings or you know, or the, the whistle blows in a fight, you know, you lose points. You might even be disqualified. In wrestling, if you're if you're trying to go with the idea that this might be a real competition, you know, you're going with the fiction that this is a real competition, people hitting each other after the bell should be in the most extreme of circumstances. And it happens so often that I'm sure people hear me saying that, like, okay, old man rattledge. But like, <laughs> can we maintain maintain some semblance that the fiction is real, um, instead yes, of please. just instead of just like nothing matters? And so he attacked him after the bell. Like, like what's it to have another match then? while you're at it, so anyway, so he's attacking him after the bell, and then he stops. Like, oh my god, someone's running down. Here's the thing: if I'm beating you, if I'm so mad, I'm so mad, Chris Bailey, that I'm like giving you a thrashing <laughs> after the bell, and the referee's trying to pull me off you, and they can't do it because I'm so pissed off that I lost. I'm such a sore loser. Christian strolling down to the ring, taking about 10 minutes to do so, is not going to stop me. I'm not going to no. be like, like, I might look up for a moment, like, oh, shit, someone's coming. And then yeah, like, you'll be, you got time not only to leave the ring, but to have dinner, come back, get a nap, right. come back, and this guy's finally in the ring. Like The Undertaker coming down in his pajamas is not going to stop me from <laughs> fucking beating on you. So whatever. <laughs> um, and so yeah, he finally get and then he gets he gets the whole entrance music and everything else. Like, like why if he is the surprise guest does he have entrance music? Did he like run past the control booth, be like play play cult of personality when I run out there? Who are you? <laughs> and it ended up let's let's spoil it. Who it was? It was Tareg Hamedi. He's basically like an Olympic silver silver medalist in Saudi Arabia. So he's a big deal there. Right. You know, his he won he won silver. His name, his name could have been Ham Sandwich. I honestly, I honestly thought it was Ernest the Cat Miller at first. Um, <laughs> I would have popped for that. I really would have. I would have like, Imagine doing the James that? Brown dance after and click on that music. Whoa! Oh, would have been perfect. I um, love it. Anyway, uh, good match though, and just absolutely stupid, stupid ending, but it made the crowd happy, and that's what this is. This is about making people happy, Chris Bailey. Well, let me tell you something. There's a there's a distinct difference in uh, crown jewel crowds. So now it didn't look like it was a hostage situation. Okay. <laughs> It didn't. It didn't look. They didn't have the royal family up front mm -hmm. with like you know security guards with armed militia. They didn't have that this time. So yeah. you know it looked like it was an actual crowd. And man, these guys were soaking it up. And Mansoor could have been Hulk Hogan. Man, he got a pop. Yeah. No. It, it, like I said, like the, this this deal isn't going away. They make a lot of money from no. the Saudi Arabians. I mean, and it goes to like a deeper issue. 
I know Tony Khan and, and Vince McMahon have kind of been going at it over like, well, we're winning in the demographics. Here's the thing. You're not making the money the WWE is. And the WWE Correct. isn't necessarily making money off crowds. They're making money off the deals that they make, the television deal, the deal with Saudi Arabia, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like they can, you know, Tony Khan can tout the, the demographics all he wants. The WWE has a lot of space between having to make, you know, so, there's only so I mean, there's only so long they can go before someone starts to get a little irritated about the ratings that they're not bringing in. But yes. beyond that, they're not anywhere. Like this isn't 1995. They have money. The and money is already earned. The money right. is already in the bank. That's the whole problem with WWE right now. They do not have to put any effort into making the money because it's done. It's right. paid. It's locked in, brother. And that's the other thing about the Saudi Arabian crowds. Like they are, they're appreciative of almost anything. Like right. WWE gives them a WrestleMania quality show. And they're all happy, and, you know, and the WWE is like, look how progressive we are. Look how inclusive we are. Look how many smiling faces we produced. It doesn't matter that if you even poke at that even a little bit, the whole house of cards falls down. But, yes, on, oh, the oh, <laughs> <laughs> but on the surface, you know, to, you know, when they're making presentations to other people that might want to pay them for content or whatever, they go, look at us. Look at the bridge right. we're building to Saudi Arabia. Look at the smiling faces we have. It doesn't matter that, you know, that the angry white male fat ass is at home in America to hate this product and are watching AEW. Nobody gives a shit. And that's not going to be in the presentation. Like and you said, it was a WrestleMania caliber card. Yeah. It was. It was really actually some, you know what? Probably an improvement on some of the WrestleManias that we've covered, to be quite honest with you. Right. And guess what? I'm excited for the next crown jewel 2022. I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be going. Okay. Give me more of this and wait for the next Australia show. Like I said, these shows where they go international and they put them on um, the network yep. uh, be, who don't get the WWE live very often. They like, I, I would assume at this point, the WWE is like, why go to, you know, like they had to cancel some shows in Texas because they weren't getting yeah. crowd. Like, well then fuck them. Like, we'll just go, we'll go to Germany. We'll go to Australia. We'll go, yep. you know, we'll go anywhere where we can in the world that's not currently under lockdown and we'll have an appreciative crowd and we'll make money and who gives a shit about the American, co you know, go watch AEW, go watch Joey Janela fly headfirst into a tall drinking glass. Observe. <laughs> Observe. <laughs> You're exactly right. RK bro. Uh, who are your current raw tag team champions? Um, that is Randy Orton and Matt Riddle now known just as Riddle defeated AJ Styles and Omos uh, in less than nine minutes. Uh, this was like, I was barely paying attention to this match. This was yes. okay. Um, I liked the, the last match we saw with almost in it where they let him do a little bit more and he was a little bit more, you know, like to the point where I almost thought they were going to break up the team. I thought was better than this. This was just kind of ho-hum, like middle of the card standard fare. What'd you think? Yeah, I, listen, the ending alone was really, really cool. So, you know, you got to see the uh, a reversal of the flying forearm or the phenomenal forearm. AJ's leaping off the ropes into a perfectly executed RKO and then Riddle nailing the floating bro for the win. So RKO going over here, really, really, really strong match, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, now, Omos is a disaster. Like, you... you <laughs> I don't care. Like, uh, like when I make fun saying that, you know, Giant Gonzalez was better. Yeah, you know what? He actually was. I have seen matches with Elegante and WCW that are better than Omas's matches. And that is, you know, the standard for bad shit. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Now, one thing I'll say here, RK bro was starting to win me over. Okay. I didn't like that team. I do not like Randy Orton, but there's something about this odd, weird chemistry between Riddle and Orton. That's working for me. Orton's mm-hmm. got that weird, you know, seventies porn star mustache. He's a little bit greasy and slimier with that, but he's adopted and helping out Riddle and Riddle came to the ring on a camel, a camel. And I dug it. He put away the scooter and listen, if he could come to the ring on a camel every week, I'm in. Yeah. At least he wasn't backwards. <laughs> Bobby Heenan style. Love it. Okay. Uh, Zelina oh. Vega defeated Dewdrop um, in the. Hey, Mark, uh, the I, have a, I have a question on this one. Yes, sir. Why were the ladies wearing like long t shirts? Why was that, Mark? Because they were in Saudi Arabia and that's the culture. You but understand. why? You Why, uncultured Mark? swine. How come? Why were they wearing? I was confused. Why? Look, look at my ladies. They're wearing long T-shirts. Why, Mark? Because in the culture of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> move on. Move on. Move on. <laughs> the female body and the tempting nature of said should, should be kept private. These oh. people, Chris Bailey, have class and dignity. Okay. Unlike us Americans with our tits out, you know, uh, everywhere. Male and female. I watch gotcha. TikTok. I've seen the male tits. <laughs> Fair enough. They were protecting uh, protecting the world from us uncultured swine. I that understand. That is right. Here, Perfect. Here. Yep. Good. I'm glad you had an explanation. That was that was nice. 100 dislikes. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, Alina Vega defeated Dewdrop here. <laughs> Can I tell you, like, you know, I... I I have said of the gal that that now is known by Dewdrop, whose name I do not real name I do not remember, or name she was going by in NXT UK. Piper um, Niven. Piper Niven, yeah. Like you know, I've always said like she she you know she's a good looking girl. She dresses for her size. Absolutely. You know, she's not some of these gals who like you know I like I've complained about the one abroad from <laughs> Diana Perazzo oh, from stop. Impact, stop. Um, who was not. She's a- dressing for her size at one point she is now but like the, the, the comments i've made in the past but piper niven has always dressed for her size she's look good doing it yes. i kind of like this look better believe it or not like i, I kind of liked her in the i kind of liked her in the loose fitting t-shirt like if she could, could kind of like gussy it up a bit i actually think that would work better for her than like the tight you know bathing suit that she wears i i think she has that whole birth of fay thing going on where it just looks mm-hmm. ridiculous you know what i mean like it looks like she's put out there to be to embarrass herself really and you know the whole dew drop gimmick is doing nothing for her i don't you know, know for... i don't even know what that is i know they because I, I don't watch raw i know they they brought that out a couple of weeks ago a uh, month or so or whatever, and it was supposed to be like a very artsy thing. I don't know. I I I don't care, and it's gone now anyway. Can I can I talk about something? Can I can I bring up another Saudi point? <laughs> and why Piper Niven is probably the most gutsy girl who has ever entered Saudi Arabia. You ready for this? I'm ready. So they are not the most um, you know accepting of you know, you know some sexual persuasions. Okay. Okay. That's what I'll say. I think I think that's a fair statement. I'm not saying you know here nor there whether I agree or disagree. And Piper Niven, God bless her, comes out with her, uh, you know, dewdrop T-shirt, which mm-hmm. has a rainbow. Okay, so emblazoned so, upon it. So either she or the gimmick is LGBTQ ally in nature. Correct. Okay. Now, she left the ring with, uh, you know, still all her body parts and didn't get incarcerated. So Piper Niven, if you're out there listening, dewdrop, you have balls the size of grapefruits, my dear. Good for you. 
I would imagine their show has to go through some sort of like cultural approval. Like, yes, you know, I'm sure there's a preference like, hey, we want you to come over here and put on a show, but we want Roman Reigns, we yep. want Brock Lesnar, we want Goldberg. Correct. We want, you know, we want big names. They're like, okay, well, we're also going to bring over, you know, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, you know, um, all these other people. They're like, that's fine. That's fine. We don't care. And they're like, Piper Niven. <laughs> you know? Yep. And I'm sure Saudi Arabia is, you know, Either they didn't tell him what it was, and no one and no one put two and two together about the because it's not like <laughs> it's not like she did anything even remotely associated no. with overtly showing any kind of LGBTQ behavior. Correct. You know, she just wore the shirt, and if you're in, you know, and you could totally see the shirt. Well, the shirt's just colorful. It's just colorful. Well, yeah. rainbow on there. Who doesn't like rainbow? <laughs> Well done. Now, what, yeah. what we're missing here is that this is actually the Queen's Crown Tournament. So this yeah. is the final. So Dewdrop versus Zelina Vega for the crown. And let's talk about that for a second. Did you watch yeah. any of the tournament? No. no oh okay. God, no. You missed nothing. You missed nothing. Okay. So <laughs> you, you, missed, you missed a shocker with Tony Storm losing in the opening match against Zelina Vega, who up to this point didn't win a match to save her life. And now here she defeats Dewdrop who's on a little bit of a role on TV mm-hmm. and uh, becomes a new queen of the WWE after um, she, you know, hit the code red. Okay. So Eva Marie was the one that was kind of like managing her and then they split up and she feuded briefly with Eva Marie. And now she, you know, she's moved into this tournament and it Eva, like it, she was... Dewdrop was uh, Eva Marie's and pardon the pun heavy. So right, she was, okay. she was like the diesel, but she yeah. was tag team partners with her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could have seen either one of them winning this. I think I think Piper Niven would have looked adorable with a crown mm-hmm. on. It would have given her something yeah. else besides what they've already given her. Um, right. But you could say the same thing about Zelina Vega. Because what is Zelina Vega other than like a hot Hispanic without some sort of crazy gimmick? You know, it's not like right, and, she, and she's really ever. she's really missing like the Andrade factor. You know what I mean? She needed somebody. You know, in her corner by herself, she really has no direction, and they didn't give her any wins. And on the, really, um, her. Really, her the, winning this is an upset. On the Luna Vachon uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Medusa mm-hmm. talked about how there was a period where all the women in the WWE had to be valets because, you know, so like we're talking about like the Luna Vachons of the world and the Sensational right. Sherry's, like w- worker workers who happened to be women, but because the WWE had no place for women workers at that time, had to be valets. Right. But, you know, and and Medusa being really resentful of that, and you know, and wanting to change the culture of it, but just being several years too early. Now, yes. here's the thing: I still think there's a place for some women to be just valets and not wrestlers. Zelina Vega is one of them. She was so much more interesting to me as a valet for Andrade than she is as a single wrestler. As a single wrestler, she's for me, she's just nondescript. She's just well, another pretty gal. Well, she was nondescript because they gave her nothing. They didn't give her a reason for being. They didn't give her storylines, vignettes, nothing. So, you know, you're going to see Zelina Vega walk out. No reason. She has no feud. She has nothing. Mm-hmm. And you you expect her to take off. No, it's not going to work. You need to get behind people. If you want to push somebody, number one, they have to win. Then you have to have a backstory. Outside of that, you're just, you know, what's the point? Yep. It was an okay match. Short, mm-hmm. kind of inoffensive. I thought I really liked Dewdrop in this. I thought she had a lot of. Me too. I, I was looking at her, and again, this is not necessarily a comment on her size, but it is kind of because there's no way to say this without commenting on her size. She kind of wrestles like the one man gang. Like I was getting she does. Serious, I was getting serious like Akeem and um, Big Boss Man vibes from her, like sidewalk slams. Like she was doing a lot of like really like not impressive power moves like 
like the 747 is actually her finisher like you know like there's power moves like the ultimate warrior or ahmed johnson where they're like hoisting guys or bobby lashley or they're just like hoisting guys up in the air and throwing them around but then there's power moves where you're using your substantial weight advantage in the move and that's Correct. how akeem you know one man gang and big boss man and earthquake and all them used to wrestle they used to use their girth to put impact uh, on the moves and that's what that's a lot of what she does which i really like because you don't because you don't see people her size anymore um you don't see that kind of wrestling and i kind of miss it especially as i go through all these old wrestlemanias where there were there were more various body you know shapes and sizes that's what yeah. jim Cornette comments on all the time everybody in the wwe looks the same like they all have the same body type well, remember right after the, you know, after the Attitude Era was over and we got into the Triple H, you know, 900-hour promo at the beginning of SmackDown era, which which is what it was. Everybody were black trunks and boots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, like the gimmick era had died, and that was a real shame. And that really, that really did more to kill wrestling than anything out there. The Flash was gone. They went more reality-based, but the big players were gone. And nobody yeah. cared. You didn't care if it was Mark Radlich yeah. in his underwear, black underwear and boots. Who cares? Everyone, Every- everyone said we don't need an Uncle Elmer, but you do need an Uncle Elmer. We <laughs> yes. all need an Uncle Elmer. Absolutely. No, no, seriously, you do. All body types and shapes, it's important because, you know, just that diversity of look in the ring, it's great. Next match, uh, Goldberg defeated Bobby Lashley in 11 minutes and 25 seconds, which went 11 minutes longer than I thought this was going to go. Um, this was great. Credit to Goldberg, who I think will never live down nearly killing The Undertaker at one of these shows. Oh, nope. <laughs> and, you know, and he gets a lot of, like, it's not, you know, there was always, he, he as popular as he got in the late 90s, early 2000s, he always gets sort of discredited by at least half the wrestling community still in existence because of his limited moveset. He's not a worker. And people don't, there are people who just don't appreciate his intensity and, and character work you know, his, his um, charisma and they, they just go, well, he can't work. So fuck him. But that's, yes. that, that's not what you watch a Goldberg match for. Um, but credit Absolutely to Goldberg not. when you, when you put the right people around him and, you know, and let's put it this way. Goldberg always brings it nine out of 10 times. If you set him up for success, he will clear the hurdle. Absolutely. And- and that's what happened here. Bobby Lashley was there for him. They had their themselves a nice, fun brawl. You know, um, the setup for this was personal for Goldberg, where this wasn't about a title anymore. This what this was about defending the honor of his son, who got beat up by Bobby Lashley. Which I actually did see that. I saw yep. Bobby Lashley give Goldberg's son a thrashing, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's a bit stiff. That looked yeah. rough." And then you missed the the promos afterwards, where Goldberg said he was actually going to murder. Yeah, no, Bobby I Lashley. Saw him. he was gonna he was absolutely gonna kill him, like like literally put him in a box, and I, you're done. What, this was the only match I was interested in the build up to. Yes, because, absolutely. Because here's the thing: like there are, you know, I, I joked about Deontay Wilder. He's the only boxer on earth who I wouldn't take a punch from, and I'll take a punch from anybody for money. But um, <laughs> Tyson Fury, I don't care. Alexander Usyk, fucking bring it. Anthony Joshua, if you can get, if you can hit me, sure. Um, you know, Deontay <laughs> Wilder, no, thank you. <laughs> I, I I like my brains inside my head. Um, <laughs> Goldberg, in the similar vein, if you know, if anyone else on this earth is, I'm gonna kill you. Uh, you should have never have touched my child. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, yep. You're you'll be fine. Um, you know, Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg <laughs> It's gonna be on my tombstone. Other than Wu Tang is for the children, it's also gonna say Rabbit <laughs> he was fine. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, rest in peace, Radlich. Anyway, uh, I when Goldie screams <laughs> into the camera, I'm going to kill you. I believe it. Yeah, like he's not the world's greatest actor. He was fine in the Longest Yard, but like he, you know, he's not going to win any, you know, Oscar awards for acting. But I'll tell you, when he, you know, when he amps up the intensity and he's like, "I'm going to murder Bobby Lashley," like you believe he's got the rope in the truck ready to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, I, <laughs> run, <laughs> run, Bobby, run. Yes. Um, but all credit in the world to Bobby Lashley on this one. Bobby Lashley is quickly becoming like right now of the of the current wrestlers wrestling one of my favorites to watch. He is always there for whatever match he's in. He's always tight. He's always crisp. He uses his power. He looks impressive. Like I'm all for another lengthy Bobby Lashley title run when they're when you know when they're done with Big E. Me too. And you know what? This this match really, really well. It did wonders for Goldberg because he was like you said on a little bit of a slump with you know that bad match thing, you know, coiling around him. I think he redeemed himself well, and he had a great dance partner in Lashley here. And it started out strange, so I made a couple notes on this particular match. So when Goldberg comes out, just watch the beginning of this one. Mm-hmm. You know how he normally you know hits his head and he busts himself open while he's coming into the ring. Like that's normally how he fires himself up. Right. It looked like he had just waken up from bed. When he had, when he exited that room, it was not characteristic Goldberg. It was like, oh my God, I was just yeah. on an extremely big plane ride. Oh Jesus, Vince just woke me up on the couch. God damn. Yeah. And, and so the next comment, he comes out and that crowd is eating him up. They love yeah. him. Everybody is chanting Goldberg and not piped in. The right. actual human beings saying Goldberg, which was we- awesome. I don't need a comment. Can we just take a moment, a single, solitary, quiet moment to acknowledge the cognitive dissonance of the Saudi crowd cheering for Goldberg? <laughs> Move on. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> so it was it was cool because they had the crowd from the start of the bell, and you could tell that this was a different Goldberg. He woke up mm-hmm. when he heard those chants, man. And uh, Lashley gave it all to him. I mean, he when he was speared, he was hit like a truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'd sell it. He'd do the big flips. And Goldberg was flipping. Oh, my God. Lashley speared him. And he, like, literally did a backflip. It was so great. And this match ended with a cool thing on the ramp. So they went up at the top of this large Saudi ramp. And this thing is a giant spectacle. And, uh, you know, he speared Lashley off the stage, down through some tables, got the win. And, man, I'm giving this a A grade, man, because this was everything a good Goldberg match should be. And it had no right to be this good. Really, really solid. Can we acknowledge for a moment that... (laughs) how far Goldberg has come since like since his big return. So he had like he came back, he won the title. I think it was yep. from um Kevin Owens at Fastlane in, in what was basically a, a an angle, not a match. And then they went right into his match with Brock Lesnar. Yes. So I, I know okay so we start he started out at Survivor Series, right? I think that's when they first fought. And then I think was he in the Rumble maybe? Rumble and then Mania. I was at yeah. the Mania show and the crowd was fucking hot for that. Yeah, but like how blown up he was. Like him and oh. Goldberg struggled in that match. Um, you know, they tried because I think at that point they were still doing like the 30 second matches with Goldberg. He would just yes. come in fear, Jack Hammer done. You know, like, oh, Goldberg is back, baby. You know, 20 years, what? He hasn't missed a day because he wrestled for 30 <laughs> seconds. There was no time to, fu- he would have had to have dropped somebody on their head mid Jack Hammer for him to fuck up at that point. Correct. 
Um, but so, but him, but in Orlando, I was at that one too. That was the one where the Hardy Boys came back. Correct. Um, that, Biggest pop uh, in the world, right there. By the way, right? Yeah, that was the year. That was the or, the the return of Seth Rollins with Burn It Down and all of that. Yep. So anyway, um, they they tried to put on like a good ten minute match, and he was not in the condition for it. Look at him now. They went eleven minutes here, and it didn't stop. Like there was Look not good. a lot of rest here. Yep. Like so, I said, good da- good dance partner. He didn't have to create movement around some people to make the match look good. And both men did their job, man, and they put on a banger. Great. Uh, just under 10 minutes, Xavier Woods defeated Finn Balor in the King of the Ring finals. Can you repeat that? Who Who defeated who? Xavier Woods defeated Finn Balor. Where have you gone, Finn Balor, that you're now losing to the New Day? The unicorn, Xavier Woods. We're gonna bring you up. We're gonna bring you back from NXT. I don't want to leave NXT. We're gonna bring you back from NXT. NXT is just for new people. This is not a place for people to hide on the main roster. You have to come back. You're a main roster person. I don't want. We got we got great plans for you, Finn. Come on, we're gonna bring you back to the main roster. It's gonna be great. You're gonna By the be way, in... you're losing to Xavier Woods <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. You're, you're gonna have a feud with Roman Reigns. Oh, okay. And then you're gonna lose the King of the Ring to fucking one of the to to, to the third best wrestler in the New Day. Oh. damn that's rough man but i mean good for xavier woods like yeah definitely when you think about like the journey of consequences creed from where he was to being xavier woods nondescript xavier woods to being really like he led the new day if you think about 100 percent, he was he was the glue man yeah, he was He's the guy the with the ideas. Like, you know, Big E and, and Kofi Kingston just kind of followed his lead and played along with it and, and took advantage of the success and largesse that they were given from it. But that's all Xavier Woods. And like, and he was always kind of the bridesmaid, never the bride. And now he gets to be the bride finally. So good for him. I know. And did he celebrate with Paige after? I, I mean, uh, did he celebrate with the Saudis after? I mean, it's going to celebrate with Paige. I hope we get video of it. Um, <laughs> yes, ma'am. So, you know, this was pretty cool. So, you know, you had you had uh, Finn Balor attempting to hit the coup de grace when a Woods rolls headed away and finishes him with a beautiful flying elbow drop for the win. And he's the brand new king of the ring. That's right. I didn't stutter. Yep. Xavier Woods. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm, Good stuff. I'm, I'm fine with it. Look, look, look. Me too. It's not like Finn Balor hasn't had opportunities. He was, but you know, when he was in NXT, he was in the main event. He had the title and all of that. He's had more main events than not. Finn Balor, Finn Balor's WWE career has not been a bad one. You can't win every single one of your matches. And when you got the new day with a king gimmick, I can only imagine how this thing is going to go over the top. Oh boy, they they're going to bring the pageantry and the trumpets. It's going to be great. People listening to this will be like, you can't win all your matches. Okay, um, how about the guy in the poster, Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns for a <laughs> long time didn't win all of his matches. In fact, great many of them he did not win. Well, I, I mean, still, so, was it well, San Francisco where where Brock Lesnar threw him from pillar to post and he got up looking drunk at one point, like smiling yes. like an idiot? Yeah. And yeah. you, we, you went from that with some person who wins all of their matches to the next match where one guy doesn't win any of his matches and Drew McIntyre. So it's great. Good segue. <laughs> yes. Speaking of the new day, Big E <laughs> defeated Drew McIntyre. Um, the the best part of this match was the was after it was over. And, and Big E is trying to, like, drum up some personality. And, you know, <laughs> I actually like Big E here. Because as, as goofy as Big E has tended to be in the new day, he 
he showed a lot of personality. He was like, all day, I got you, Drew. I got you all day long. You know, and he's just doing that shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's how people talk. It's fine, especially when you're excited and you just had a, like, yep. a really exciting match. And Drew McIntyre, like, I don't know how much of this was act and how much of this was like <laughs> he just being irritated. But the look he gave Biggie in the <laughs> thumbs up was delicious. I oh uh, so good. It so was good. so like just looking at him like fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. I'm losing. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Again. Okay, Biggie. Enjoy your title ring while it lasts. Fuck face. So you this <laughs> this so again. Good. This again was another good match, a good yeah. powerhouse match. These guys were throwing each other around like rag dolls. And when I say these are big men, these are your beefy monsters in the WWE right now. These guys should have no business throwing each other <laughs> over the top of their heads and suplexing each other. They had a great match. Big E kicks out of the Claymore. You talk yeah. about killing someone's gimmick and momentum. You got Big E from the New Day kicking out of your finisher. That's never a good sign. And then... He muscles. I I really like the ending because he worked to get him up in the big ending. He didn't just, you know, he didn't just take McIntyre, you know, who jumps into his arms and hit the big ending like he normally does. He muscled that guy up. And I mean, pure muscle and flatten him with the big ending. So really, really liked it. And, you know, a successful defense by Big E. Good stuff. Yeah. Yep. No, wow. I, I like wow. Like, yeah. This, um, a little distracted while I was in this, while I was on the side of this one in the background while I was in a conference, a teacher conference with, with my kid, a virtual one. Fancy. Um, yep. But, you know, what I saw, I liked. And, like, Biggie, Biggie's always, he's another one who, he, he's more of, like, the earthquake variety where he's such a big guy. Yeah. But he's fleet of foot and he can really get up for people and you, and he sort of wrestles against his body type. Um, but I think him and Drew actually worked really well here. I know there were some people who were like, kind of mad about it like why you know why is his first feud after getting the title against drew mcintyre of all people because what else are you going to do with drew you've spent the last year or two building him up to be a main event spot either he's in, either he's wrestling main events or what else do you do with the guy right so why exactly. not have him chase biggie and why does everything have to be a blood feud where they hate each other why can't he just be like i but but i want to be champion you know and maybe right. and maybe that ending where he's like i don't particularly think after the match I, you disrespected me. I don't like the way you talk to me. And he wants to kick Biggie's ass. Now it's not about the title. Now he just wants to kick Biggie's ass. Who knows? Who who knows? You know, this maybe it's a one-off. We have Survivor Series next, so it's going to be a lot of say it with me. Interbrand competition. Oh, no brand with warfare. An, that's what they say. Ugh. Another excuse to have the same people who cross over on the same show. They do not. They do not live the brand split. It's just the same people crossing over. There's no uniqueness to it. They don't stick to their guns when it comes to the separation, and that's what kills the entire brand split idea for me. The, 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 the draft used to be within, like, the weeks of WrestleMania. Yes, Biggie, and it was like, important. Yeah, like, it was like they, WrestleMania would be the beginning and the end of a new season, you know, the end of the old season, beginning of the new season, and then, you know, you'd have the draft shortly thereafter, and everyone would switch, and everything would get freshened up, and they'd bring people up from NXT, and boom, Bob's your father. For the next year, you have a whole new roster. So by the time you got to Survivor Series, people had been firmly intact and in, entrenched in their in their brands. So at least the brand warfare kind of meant something. This, like, like this Survivor Series, we'll talk about it next month, but this Survivor Series doesn't mean anything. And, and when not. they started with, like, the brand warfare, who gives a shit? 
I want you to take I want you to take a look at years ago, back in the mid 2000s, when John Cena lived on mm-hmm. SmackDown and when he was traded to Raw, that reaction he got when he was announced as a Raw superstar mm-hmm. was mind blowing. You can't do that again because the draft always starts with the brands keeping their champions. Roman Reigns stays on Monday Night Raw. And you're like, I, of course he does. I didn't watch the segment, but I've read about the fallout of the title exchange between because title oh, Becky, oh Becky Lynch and Charlotte, where Charlotte accidentally mm-hmm. dropped the ball, wow. but it was made to seem like it was her just being a bitch. There's no accidental there. You watch that video. She takes the belt off. She looks, she extends it behind her and she drops it. This, this ain't no gimmick, man. This is Charlotte being an idiot. <laughs> nice. And then Becky gave her none of that shit. So, uh, be, uh, so basically the idea was behind it. They were supposed to hand over the belt. They were supposed to have a tug of war. And then Becky Lynch was supposed to take both belts for just for a couple seconds, get mm-hmm. that Becky two belt chant and then hand the other one over. Okay, so this is why they, they shouldn't call it the women's the, the SmackDown women's belt or the Raw women's Correct. belt. Correct. Yes, that's because right. Because they wrote themselves into a corner, and this is what happened. And oh wow, it didn't go well. One of well, Char- somebody- Char- Charlotte didn't like the fact that Becky Lynch was getting the the power play here. You know, she was having mm-hmm. the Becky two belts moment, and Charlotte didn't get that. So she took offense to the writers and brought this up and say, "Hey, you know what? This makes me look bad. Can we do it this way?" And she offered another alternative. They said no. Charlotte Flair goes out there with sour grapes and she takes that belt off and she throws it behind her to make sure that Becky Lynch has to go around her and pick it up off the ground like it's meaningless garbage. But instead, Sonya Deville goes, oh, we ain't having none of this shit and walks around, grabs the belt and hands it to Becky. And it was just it was it was a mess. But they had a heated conversation afterwards, according to, uh, you know, the torch and the observer. So, I mean, this this is a real deal, man. you got a Bret Hart, um, a Bret Hart versus uh, Shawn Michaels situation here. Ooh, I hope one of them, I hope one of them pulls the other's hair in the shower. I don't well, know. think about this. Uh, Charlotte Flair doesn't have any security anymore. Her father's no longer in the business. Andrade is over in AEW. She's by herself, man, okay, and she they, she is feeling. They it. don't want Charlotte. She has the security of having a firm position there. It's like Brock Lesnar. Yes, like she doesn't need rabbis. Her she's her own rabbi. They don't want her to leave. If she even like, no. if she even but like she, threatens to go to AEW, they'd be like, "What do you need? You want to kill she, Becky? We'll kill Becky. It's fine." But they're like, "Okay, they got rid of my dad. I need to protect my egg and my cocoon. That's what's going on here." So here's what I'll tell you. They need to rebrand the titles. One needs to be the Correct. Universal Women's title. The other one needs to be the WWE Women's title. And right. get get the brand names out of there because then this shit doesn't happen. This was stupid. This was stupid. But Speaking anyway... Which, let's talk about the match itself. Becky Lynch... This, go ahead. No, I was just going to say what the match was. You're doing it. Uh, go ahead. Becky Lynch... <laughs> yes. Becky Lynch <laughs> took on Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Dude, Bianca Belair is like one of the best women wrestlers out there right now in terms of like pure strength and ability. Like Jim, Jim Cornette's not totally high on her. I don't think he, he gets the gimmick. Um, I don't think he, but I appreciate, you know, her strength. She may not have the Christmas wrestling. Um, you know, her stuff may not look the smoothest, most polished, but I'm willing to overlook that for how much power she brings in there. And she had a couple of spots where you could see, like, you could see how much effort and work she puts in the gym. It shows. 
Oh man, this that girl's a powerhouse from her legs up. You her just her stature and build. Mm-hmm. You know that this lady is a legit athlete, and yeah. she's in the ring against you know a really really. I mean Becky Lynch. Hey, she has gone to a skeleton. Like mm-hmm. she is really 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 small. Now she's in great shape. She's toned and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm, sure. And then you've got the Amazon beast herself, Charlotte. She is a huge, huge wrecking ball of a lady as well. So you got Bianca and Flair that matches up really well. And then you got little Becky, who's in no, the middle no. of it all, who the fans love. I was going to say, um, the match was Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Sasha Banks. Yes. Okay. For the um, SmackDown Women's Championship. And Sasha Banks didn't injure herself. That's good, finally. You know, she managed to get through a match without <laughs> fucking breaking something. Give her time. Um, I thought this was a good match. I, I know people. I know there were some people complaining about yet another triple threat and how they booked them or whatever. But I thought the girls all worked together. And it, a lot of times, because there's so much wrestling, you have to figure out like moments in a match, spots that are really going to differentiate you from something else. And I think they were able to do that here. I think they were like, "What are the strengths of everyone involved in this match? Let's play to the. Let's have moments where we play to those strengths." Um, the one thing I'm going to bring up because I complained about this with WrestleMania was the stacking ending. Where, you know, I I complained about it with Roman Reigns. And then, of course, I got, you know, counter complaints about that saying, like, but that's totally within Roman's character to stack them up. And I'm like, you you cut off Daniel Bryan's nose, you know, to make Roman Reigns look that much more like a dick. Roman Reigns was dick enough. In hindsight, I saw what they were doing because, you know, he was going to AEW. They were going to make him look as bad as possible going out the door. You know what I mean? They're going to have that highlight video Mm -hmm. of Daniel Bryan. And who else was it? Who else was on the bottom? Yeah, and Edge stacked like up to like two dummies being pried back on by Roman Reigns. So there you go. And then they did it here, here too. I don't remember what the actual finish was, but they they tried to do like the stack finish here. It was a roll-up. Mm-hmm. It was actually a roll-up. They did the stack finish. They broke out of that thing, and then Becky Lynch got the win with a roll-up. Um, yeah, I, I was glad that she didn't win with the stack. Like, yes, yes, please. that should be done at literally like once a century. You know, where you, you know, where you're, and they just did it at WrestleMania, so I don't need to see it again for another hundred right. years. Don't Correct. be doing it in every match for sure. Even and I was glad that at the very least they had the, the sense to not have that be the actual finish. That you know they, that there was a kick out and then there was another second more and then there was a finish. Fine. Me too. Don't stack people anymore. Stop. That is, you know <laughs> it, it seems like a very picking thing to complain about, but you know it's it really is. It's an image that should be reserved for the most specific circumstances. Real quick, um, just want to get this in before we run out of matches to talk about in, in time. But uh, one of our great sponsors here on the show is Grammarly. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on fa- Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Um, Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. So download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. And that brings us to our main event. Dun, dun, dun. The main event. It's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Oh, my God, Mark. Yep. Brock Lesnar is a lumberjack, and he don't care. Um, <laughs> he doesn't either. He's digging that that lumberjack vibe, and so am I. It's cool. It's a good cha- a good transition. So, um, this went just over ten minutes, twelve minutes, twenty seconds. Roman Reigns and and Brock Lesnar have worked together so many times. Yeah. The only the only thing that was different about this match was that Roman Reigns actually went over. 
And I liked the finish of this one. So I, I shenanigans, liked, shenanigans. Yeah, it was a hoisted by your own batard thing because it's like, you know, Heyman throws the belt in, Brock intercepts it, and he ends up getting clobbered with it. Yeah. yeah. And then Roman Reigns wins. So Roman Reigns gets a tainted victory. Brock Lesnar was his own undoing in that. Like he can't, you know, he can't even say like, "Oh, I got screwed." He fucking, right. you know, he, had he just thrown the belt out of the ring, that wouldn't have happened. If Woody had gone to the police, this would have never have happened. And you so, got Heyman with deniable plausibility too, right. saying that, "Hey, I threw you the belt." When I, really he was, yeah. you know, right. Sending like, it to I the tried other to guy. help you, Brock. My best friend. <laughs> I love that. The, the whole strength of this is the is the Heyman linchpin. You know, mm. he managed both men so long, and now Lesnar returns, and you know he wants uh, you know full of you know he doesn't want to say that he turned his back on Lesnar when it, it's very clear that he has. <laughs> right. So um, it was fine. It was you know it was a good main event. Uh, there were so many other matches on this card that were longer and and, and everything else so early yeah. on that by the time you got there. I think about 10, 10 to 12 minutes was about right. You know, You're four hours into the show, and you yeah. still had the crowd reasonably hot for this match. So, I mean, that's mm. that's the strength of this entire card. They maintained that audience flow. They didn't let the air go out of the tires, and wow. This also didn't end in endless Uso interference. Um S- so and not only that, you had the women's match, which is you mm-hmm. know usually that uh, you know where you go get your popcorn. If you're in if you're in the old WrestleMania era, they always mm-hmm. propped up the poor women just before the main event. You know what I mean? And it was always a shame. But you had the ladies deliver a spectacular match on top of a great a great main event. I mean, this was just hit after hit after hit, no whammies. Yep. Yeah. So overall, you know, it's so weird because we we've spent so many of the past events just complaining about the wwe but i mean the wwe put on a solid to good show was it spectacular was it was there anything about it that was like memorable beyond us talking about it now no i will have forgotten everything we talked about by the time we get to fucking full gear let alone survivor series i i do think though it they they got me good enough that i would yeah i would definitely watch crown jewel 2022 no problem looking forward to it Here's what I'll tell you, because I don't watch the weekly shows. I'm not completely burnt out on WWE wrestling like some people are. So, like, when I tune in for the once a month show, you know, like this one, I actually really enjoy it. Like, I enjoyed the four hours I spent on this. This didn't feel interminable. But I I haven't seen every single one of these matches eight times on Raw over the past month. I haven't seen... You know, I haven't I haven't had to sit through three hours of Raw and a lot of bullshit and some subpar matches. I haven't watched any WWE... Since the last time we talked, since whatever the October one was. And it's bliss. It's bliss because the highlight package, you fill you in every single beat. And I'm I'm guilty right now of almost dodging raw completely and watching that highlight show that comes on on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I'll sit down and I'll try to watch it, but most of it is fast forwarded because it's just filler content. It's meaningless, effortless, no point three hours of, of my time that I know I'm not getting back when really it only comes down to about two one minute clips that are going to be used in, you know, a highlight package. And that's all really you need to get out of that show. So, so yeah, I'm happy with crown jewel. I was, I was happy. I watched, it was a good watch. It was a fun watch and I don't need to watch the WWE again until survivor series, which is <laughs> the next time we're going to be on the bands getting back together. For yes. The- what's important about this one, baby. Guess what's coming back. The band, the Podsman. You know, Mark Redlitz, it's going to be a Podsman party. Woo! Oh, yeah, baby. Christian will be back. Um, he's back from exile. Um, we're going to ship Harry to 
looking at some of the more independent cards, like we might be doing the XPW one, uh, the New Japan Battle in the Valley, um, the Will Ospreay versus Amazing Red at House of uh, I think it's House of Glory is what it's called Hog. Um, they, so all those shows are coming up on the Fight Network, uh, Fight.com, and bleh, Fight TV rather. So I'm going to try to put Harry on those, but I think for these WWE shows, the Podsmen are going to reunite, and our first show back together is November 23rd. We'll be reviewing Survivor Series, but that's all not right. all. Wait Chris a damn Bailey, minute. Chris Bailey is, November is Chris Bailey month, okay? Chris Bailey is actually <laughs> coming back to the boxing show. November 6th is Canelo versus Caleb Plant. And Chris Bailey, possibly Daniel Lasby. We'll see what happens. The we'll newcomer see. to the to the Radisson Broadcasting Network. Yes, my my good friend Dan the Man Lasby. Let me tell you something. If you saw this guy, he's Learjet flying, limousine riding, suspenders wearing. Dan Lasby. He was also he his debut was on the Shakur Stevenson, Jamel Herring fight. He did great. We're hoping to have him on some more boxing. But Chris Bailey, as soon as I said, hey, we're live streaming on Twitch now, Chris Bailey's like, me? I can be on TV? And he powdered his face. And he's like, I'm there. Before <laughs> that, Chris Bailey, you want to do some stuff? No, I have to hang out with my wife. It's fine. Hey, you shut your mouth. You shut your damn mouth. <laughs> but we're streaming on Twitch now, and suddenly Chris Bailey's ding dong. Um, <laughs> I love my wife, and I'm just saying, putting that out there. Thank you very much. <laughs> So anyway, I spend I spend time with my wife. I'm not going to have my bags packed like Mark Radlich. There you go. That's for you, Melissa. <laughs> so Canelo, so he'll be on the December, <laughs> the uh, November sixth uh, alternative commentary for Cal uh, Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant for all the super middleweight belts. But that's not all. Oh my god! <laughs> the November seventeenth, it's me and Chris Bailey again, full gear, baby. Woohoo! Yeah, that's not all. Chris Bailey will be on. The Mania of WrestleMania 10 the next day uh, with Pat Mullen on November 18th. Oh, and then, right. Of course, the aforementioned Survivor Series show. I'll stop screaming. That's not all now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yesterday, we did a. Well, let me go ahead and pitch it to you, Chris Bailey. Before I do that, though, what are you listening to these days? Well, what am I listening to? I think I listen to, especially on our sponsor, the Amazon Music, I like to listen to some wrestling themes. So I was really digging my House of Pain, Jump Around. I was digging some of that. I was listening to some cult of personality that you might see on the on the AEW television over on my Amazon. I'm getting back in my late 80s, 90s vibe, Mark Radlich. Unfortunately, there's a large catalog right on Amazon Music. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because we just re-aired right now on the W2Mnet.com website. We re-aired our wrestling themes podcast that we did shortly after Ooh. WrestleMania 35. Did you Not bring any Slam Jam in there? <laughs> there might just be. There might just be. The video he does not... this. He does that. He's quick as a cat. He's big as a bear and he's quick as a cat. He's the man. Pat Sting, Mark Redledge. Pat Muller was on the show, so we talked a lot about girls in cars. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Woo. Um, so that show, th that podcast has been available in the archives for a while, but it's featured right now on the W2Mnet.com webpage. And uh, just as soon as it stops being blocked by YouTube, it'll be up on YouTube. So <laughs> another 24 hours or so. It'll be fine. YouTube, we love you. And fine. we will continue to use pirated music, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in order to check out some more wrestling themes or whatever music you like, uh, check out our 
link in the description for getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. That's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network for a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. You like it, you keep it, you pay the monthly fee like you would with Spotify or um, Apple Music. You don't, you cancel it, no contracts, no fuss, no muss. All right, go ahead and do your plug, sir. My God, my only plugs were the ones you had. I don't have any more time in my schedule to do anything else but hang out with Mark Radley. Hang on, hang on. Good God. Hang on, big time. Hang on, hang on, you know, big G money Q, white man. What about your what about your infamous wizards podcast? I how did this is why Chris Bailey doesn't have time for the minuscule rattledge and broadcasting network. Because he's big time on the Wizards magazine podcast. Yeah, I just Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So I'm 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 over. We're doing myself and Adam are doing some really really fun stuff on comic book bad girls, and we've actually had some success. So myself, it's the Wizard Comics Podcast Guide to Comics, the podcast guide to comics. A really really fun look back at Wizard Magazine and all the fun stuff. And most recently, we covered the uh, the '90s bad girl comic called She. And guess what? Guess who listened? The artist, writer, creator Billy Tucci responded as he listened to our podcast, and he came on to do a full rebuttal of all our points and it was really really cool so we're covering uh lady death coming up very very soon as well so that's i don't have a date or a time for that but it's coming up really really soon the bad girl phenomenon runs wild over on the wizards comic books guide to podcast there you go don't let chris bailey fool you chris bailey okay hanging out with his wife hanging out with his kids podcasting with christian okay Yes, hell yes, and Questerdays. That's right. Four Questerdays are coming very soon. On camera, down here is Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. We're like, oh, shut your mouth! I show up every <laughs> single time for Mark Rattledge. Listen, I don't, I don't piss in the cornflakes that I get every morning, sir. No, we, sir. We were, we were number eleven on his list, but then I was like, then we're streaming on Twitch. We bumped up to ten. But number <laughs> three. <laughs> what an number asshole. Three. Will you stop, Mark Radledge? <laughs> number three on that list is Chris Sheehan. Tell them what you do with Chris. Oh, my God. We do Questerday. So if you're into ElfQuest, if you find that niche, if you're a cosplayer, if you're like, you know, like comic books about fantasy, well, by God, nothing better than the 80s epic Marvel run of ElfQuest. 32 issues. We're up to issue number eight, the latest edition, the latest uh uh, episode will be coming out really, really soon. So it's a really fun deep dive, and not only to ElfQuest, but every single page covered. So the ads, we cover the um, the uh, all the Marvel update sections, like the writer profiles. Every single page of that thing is covered front to back, back to front, and we have a great time over on Quester Days. Chris Bailey also does his own private Twitch um, that you have to. Oh my God. You have to use Patreon to get it. You have to you have to pay him for this. It's him in a computer chair, naked, eating ice cream, <laughs> screaming, screaming, "Eternal suck." Oh. <laughs> but you have to pay for that, okay? Now pay listen, listen. Privilege. If people if people were willing to pay me money for that, I would do that. Cameos <laughs> for your birthday party. Think about it. Eternal suck. Eternal suck while the ice cream flows. Yes, naked in a computer chair, eating ice cream, <laughs> screaming, "Eternal suck." Chris Bailey for your Patreon pleasures. Oh my God! And with that what image, a, what a disaster! <laughs> with that image freshly embedded in your mind's eye. If I make a million dollars off that, you're not getting a nickel. <laughs> I, am an, I am a muse. I don't need money except for bills and sandwiches. <laughs> I love it. And speaking of sandwiches, it's lunchtime. <laughs> yes. Amen. Thank you for joining myself and Chris Bailey. Check out all of the great podcasts on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network brought to you by W2M. Ronnie and Adams and I just uh, reviewed the last uh, duel that's up in the archives now. Tonight 
is the um is Donnie Darko with myself and Sean Comer. And tomorrow night we are reviewing Dune. And then next week we'll be doing Paranormal Activity and then Eternals and then Ghostbusters and on and on and on. Plus a lot of other stuff in between. We've got tons of Halloween content this week, being this is the Halloween week. So check that out as well as it starts to unravel and unfurl like Chris Bailey in a computer chair eating ice cream. Oh All right. <laughs> and with that, for Chris Bailey, I'm Mark Rattledge. <laughs> be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>